November is Diabetes Awareness Month right around the world. And this year, it's pretty special. It's the 100th anniversary of the revolutionary and life-saving discovery of insulin. But now, even after 100 years of insulin, one in three Canadians are living with diabetes or pre-diabetes. And a million and a half of us have diabetes and don't know about it. Here to talk more about it is the president and CEO of Diabetes Canada. Laura Siren joins us this morning from Calgary. Laura, good morning and welcome. Thank you very much, Sterling. Thanks for having me. Well, it's good to have you with us. Laura, you and I share something in common, and and that's living with type 2 diabetes. I've, I've known about it in my case since about 20 years or so. When were you diagnosed? Only about six years ago, and uh, and maybe like Easterling seemed to come out of nowhere. It was yes. not anything I was expecting. Yeah, they called it adult onset diabetes. My doc, you could have blown me over with a feather when the doctor says, "Well, you know, you've got diabetes." What? <laughs> so how do how do people exactly. get diabetes? What is it, and how do people get it? Yeah, yeah. So uh, really, there are two main kinds of diabetes. There uh, is type 1, which sometimes has been referred to as juvenile diabetes. Um, And that is where your pancreas doesn't actually produce insulin. So um, that usually is more early onset, although sadly we're starting to see it in older adults as well. And then there's type 2 diabetes, which you and I both have, uh, which is about 90% of the cases, so much more prevalent. Um, And that's where over time your pancreas stops being able to function as well as it used to for a whole variety of reasons, and it's really different in everyone, Mm -hmm. and therefore you need help controlling that blood sugar. Well, I remember the type 1. I have a cousin. He's an actual, he's a doctor now, but I remember him as a little guy and he had type 1 and he had to take shots. And and this is a long time ago when needles were really huge and ugly and, and scary as all get out. And he had to take his, his, his needles twice a day, every day. And that's yep. type 1. And that's simply because you can't produce insulin. You are required to administer it in order to stay alive. Now, type 2, your body can produce insulin, uh, Laura, but not enough. So there's some supplementation, some management, some pharmaceuticals involved. Typically, uh, how manageable is the condition? Yeah, well, um, as in everything in health, it depends when it gets diagnosed um, and uh, depends on you and and what's happening in your body. So um, generally, in my case, for example, Um, I was caught when I had just moved from pre-diabetes, which we should talk about, into diabetes. And so I, with a combination of some lifestyle changes, but also I needed medication. And there's no shame in that. That's something we hear about a lot is, oh, I want to try to not get on the medication. It's like, no, if the medication is like for type 1, the insulin is there to keep you alive and to keep you living a good life. So if you are on... Uh, good medication if you're following your regimen, if um, you're able to uh, really learn as much as possible about your disease, you can live a very good life. Yeah, I agree. I'm very, I'm very lucky. I have uh, I take the, uh, the 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 diabetes management meds twice a day, and and as I say, I've just I consider myself extremely lucky, Laura, because it works. And with a, a reasonable uh, diet uh, approach, uh, it's it's it, it's definitely not too much of an impediment in terms of enjoying life on a daily basis. Now, let's talk about that pre-diabetes and connect that dot to the other one I mentioned moments ago. At least this morning, at least a million and a half Canadian 
Indians have diabetes, Laura, and don't know it. So is that where prediabetes comes in? Actually, those people, that million and a half, they actually have passed prediabetes and are in diabetes. And they are walking around. They they may not have a family health uh, care doctor. They may... Um, not be getting checked. They they may have a doctor, but not be having the right test. Mm-hmm. Pre-diabetes is on your way to diabetes. So your blood sugar levels, what we call, you're very familiar with A1Cs, are starting to elevate. And it's almost that first early warning signal that the doctor can say, hey, these are starting to go up. It's just a marker in your blood of, of what your glucose has been over the past months. Hey, we're starting to see these go up. Right. This means you're on the way to diabetes. So that's what the pre-diabetes, that you're at higher risk. And in a way, if you get that, it's it, you're lucky to say, okay, so now what can I do? Because about 50% of people will go on to develop diabetes. But if you can catch it early, you have a one in two chance of not going on mm. to get diabetes. So that's the pre-diabetes. And when you put it all together... There are 11.7 million Canadians who either have diabetes or prediabetes. And of that, 6 million are the prediabetes. So it's a really large group. And I would really encourage all your listeners, if you haven't talked to your doctor during your annual physical, first of all, hopefully you're doing an annual physical, mm-hmm. just say, hey, you know, um, it's Diabetes Awareness Month. I'm thinking about this. And I would just love to understand, you know, what is my my blood sugar level and is there any worry especially if you've had diabetes in the family but in my case i don't know about yours i didn't right me too there was nothing nothing for me to think that and unfortunately i at the time was going through a situation where i was changing family doctors and i missed that window which is too bad for three years where if someone had said hey laura you're pre-diabetic Let's do something. But instead, I also could have been knocked over with a feather. Yeah. Of my doctor just turned around and said, you know, you have diabetes. And I just, and I didn't even know how to process that. I wasn't sure what that meant. If someone had turned around and said, you've had a heart attack or you've got Parkinson's or you've had, can- you know, you have cancer, I would know what that meant. Right. But I really, I, I wasn't working at Diabetes Canada then. And I really had to, like, what, what are the complications that I need to worry about? And, and there are significant complications if, if it's not managed well. And so I don't want to leave people with the impression that, you know, if, um, if, uh, you know, if it's just easy to take some pills and off you go. Because for some people, um, depending, Sterling, on, you know, what their work situation is, what their financial situation is, what their family situation is, um, you know, their stigma associated with diabetes. You know, there's lots of stuff that can get in the way of people being able to manage well, including, and as inflation goes up, including not always being able to afford the medication. Yeah, yeah. Lots of work to do. So, Laura, let's talk very briefly. I don't have all the time in the world, and this is a fascinating conversation. We're very grateful for your time and mindful of the cab to the airport that you're going to catch in a couple of minutes. So, uh, but yeah. how, how, suppose now I'm listening about, to this for the first time, and I know I'm a little off my game. Things just don't feel 100% right, but I can't quite put my finger on what it is. What are the symptoms of someone who might have diabetes and not know about it? Yeah, it's a great question. So, if you're noticing you're a lot thirstier than you used to be, um, if you're noticing you're visiting the washroom a lot more, 
Um, if you're noticing that there are certain times, especially a couple hours after eating, that you're unusually craving some sugar or, you know, you just feel like I'm a bit off and I would feel better if I could just have a little nip of something, mm. a little cookie or something like that. Any of those, it doesn't mean you have diabetes or prediabetes, but it is starting to be an indication that maybe you should have a conversation with your healthcare provider. And again, that blood test, of course, is is the definitive answer because there it is in black and white. There's your number. But we just can't, yep. a person, you just can't go to the local life labs and say, I'd like a diabetes blood test, please. They won't do that. You need to have a, a physician yep. uh, request one on your behalf, correct? Exactly, exactly. And that is something, Sterling, that um, we are talking with governments about, which is given this prevalence and given how this, is increasing, not decreasing in among Canadians. Is that something we should start thinking about? Yeah. Screening people for this and, and making that available so people can go to their local lab and get it and then start a conversation with their doctor. But at this point in time, yep, you need to go to whoever your healthcare provider is. Um, and you could even do that at a walk-in clinic mm-hmm. and just say, you know, I'm having some symptoms and I just would like to know um, – what my, it's called A1C is. But if you just say, I have some concerns that maybe, you know, these are some symptoms of diabetes, that's a very simple blood test. Sure. Very simple. And um, and they will, they can um, make sure you get that. Well, and full, full marks, by the way, to your webmaster and social media team there at Diabetes Canada, Laura. Your website is terrific. It's a great source of information and, and a great place to start off just in terms of self-education. It's diabetes.ca, friends, and it's very, very good. The uh, CEO and president of Diabetes Canada is Laura Siren in Calgary, about to jump on a plane. Laura, thanks for this. We appreciate your time. Off you go. Well, thank you, Sterling, and and have a a happy Diabetes Awareness Month. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think French fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. (laughs) For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.